0: It's all about the Bay, the Morecambe Bay podcast.
1: a night much worse than this. It was arranged that a group of Chinese workers would be paid £5 per 25 kilograms of cockles. The workers had been trafficked via containers into Liverpool and were hired out through local criminal agents of international Chinese triads. The cockles to be collected are best found at low tide on sand flats at, West, at Wharton Sands near Hesback. Some 30 cockle pickers set out at 4 p.m. The favoured area for cockle picking is close to the low tide line near the confluence of the Keir Channel and the Kent Channel, approximately 3.5 kilometres north of Morecambe. The Chinese workers were unfamiliar with the local geography, language and custom. They were cut off by the incoming tide in the bay around 9.30 p.m., The workers were all illegal immigrants, mainly from the Fujian province of China, and have been described as being untrained and inexperienced. The emergency services were alerted by a mobile phone call made by one of the workers who spoke little English and was only able to say, sinking water, before the call was cut off. An extensive search and rescue operation was launched. Twenty-one bodies of people between the ages of 18 and 45 were recovered from the bay. Two of the victims were women. The rest were mostly young men in their 20s and 30s, with two over 40 and one male under 20. Most were previously employed as farmers and two were fishermen. All the bodies were found between the cockling area and shore, indicating that most had attempted to swim but had been overcome by hypothermia. Four died after the truck they used to reach the cockling area became overwhelmed by water. A further two were believed to have been with those drowned with remains of one found in 2010. At the hearing, British cocklers returning to shore on the same evening were reported to have attempted to warn the Chinese group by tapping their watches and trying to speak with them. A survivor testified that the leader of the group had made a mistake about the time of the tides. 14 other members of the group are reported to have made it to safety on the shore, making 15 survivors in total, leaving 23 dead and lost.
0: On the morning it happened, it was totally unbelievable. Everybody I spoke to was was just in shock and sympathy with the poor people that had died. It's still fresh with me now, so we've turned up as a mark of respect to commemorate them tonight. Trafficking
2: of of people to do menial tasks for little pay is still going on, not only in this country, but throughout the world. And we need our politicians to really make a mark and stand up and and say this is not, not on.
3: Morecambe tragedy was one of those things where you just kind of always remember where you were at the time. I think it really shook a nation that 23 lives were lost in such a terrifying way. And it's made a massive change, particularly in the way we uh, think about and care about modern day slavery. My name's Philip North and I'm the Bishop of Blackburn. So I think today we're both looking back and remembering that event, but also thinking about those who today are enslaved or under gangmasters, those who's, you know, living with injustice and what we can do today to make sure this kind of thing never happens again and that the labour market is fair and a place of justice for all.
4: You were saying before you can remember where you were, but can you recall 20 years ago when you first heard the news?
3: I can. I remember exactly what I was doing. I was, I was working in Walsingham at the time. Uh, and uh, and it, it, knowing can Bay a bit, I just think, you know, it's interesting. It's a freezing cold, windy night tonight. And you just imagine the, the water raising around you in this terrible cold. It's hard to think of a worse way to lose your life. And I think really that's really what captured people's imaginations. And then, of course, uncovering these secret lives of people trafficked from abroad, um, brought to work for a pittance in these terrible conditions. I just think it really shook people, that kind of thing, which you associate with Victorian times, was happening today in the United Kingdom. I'm
5: just going to, to read the uh, people, who, yeah, these 23 people who died. Okay, 宋尚, Lin Gosin, 郭長毛楊天榮 Quen, Guo 林有信陳愛琴 Rong, Wang Xin Wu Liu Qin Yin, thank you.
2: I think this is very good. A lot of people turn out, you know, despite this uh, cold weather, so people have a very warm heart. I think this event have a big impact on the local community.
4: Do the community realize, you know, and appreciate that there has been this kind of interest in, in what happened 20 years ago? Do they understand that people are still? I think yeah, concerned? people
2: be following because every now and then they have event to commemorate the this past things, and also never has such a big accident happened. You know, even though they have a. a, a Quick sand, every now and then they have small us looking at the common from the light light bulb and all that people to them. It's something like that's never happened.
4: Were you in the area at the time 20 years ago? Were you in like
2: I've been living in Morecambe for 50 years. Right. I remember on the evening and I was working and And I hear all this, uh, I think, helicopter, ambulance, you know, and, and all this. And then next morning, next morning, we were called by some police. They want to ask question about, do we know anything? Because they want to find out who's, you know, who's, what happened? Do we know them people? And all that sort of thing. And I remember, like, New Year is on the 10th of February, and 2004 was still, New Year was 15, year, 15 days, that was still in the middle of New Year when this thing happened. So that makes more sadness, because it should be a happy event during New Year.
4: And reading those names, as you just, and then it must bring it all back. You know, people's lives, families, yeah. fathers, daughters. Yeah.
2: Actually, I'm a member of the Chinese Association. We helped to create that plant and the memorial garden. And I t- actually got all the names for them in Chinese. And also, I was given a poem. It's now on the plant. It's, uh, it's, it was written by a lady, an old lady. On the poem is full of love and compassion from the old even those later never met those chinese people i remember at the end of the poem as you can find out later it says please remember me with not love fear we like you now live here it was a very nice poem
4: what do you think of things like that when people come tonight and and, and you know and, and make sure that it isn't forgotten? Does that mean a lot to you personally?
2: Yeah, being a Chinese, you know, I, I think uh, it does mean a lot. You know, uh, doesn't matter what nationality we are, all human, we we still have the love. You know, because in Chinese, a uh, word yan means people. Two means two people means kindness. It sounds the same, yeah, so I, that's how I feel today, you know, we feel the, the love and kind of people, kindness of people.
4: It's what they say, is kindness of strangers is a phrase you've probably heard, haven't you, as well, and it's, it's what happens, isn't it? People yeah, are kind yeah, yeah, towards yeah. strangers. Uh, yeah.
2: Also, yeah. we all feel the same, like bad things, which say in Chinese, <laughs> Means something bad you don't want to happen to you and you don't want to impact on someone else. That's the same thing, you know. It's, that's why we can feel that sadness, you know, between.
4: Yeah. Can I show on the, on the night it happened? I mean, w- were you as surprised as many people were that there was this community yeah, we in, were in all Markham? Shop?
2: Yeah, we were all shocked, and then we never know that many people and then get parish in such a, a, a short time. As I consider, that's for Chinese, we all think the right place, the right time, and the right people. And to them people, all three things were wrong. So that was sad, yeah.
4: Turner. So you're now the what the operation? I'm the
0: operation manager at Morecambe Lifeboat Station, but at the time I was one of the helmsmen uh, on the crew of the night of the Cochrane disaster. Well, can you remember when you were called out? It's around about 9 o'clock at night, the pages were activated, we came down to the station as we would normally, Got changed. It was a really it was really windy night, a lot windier than tonight, pitch black. And we were initially called to three persons stuck out in the bay. Once we got launched and got out there, we soon found out there was more than three and it was going to be multiple casualties. We had a couple of RAFC kings up and I think the police helicopter up. I can't remember what times they were up, but they certainly were up at one point. And then they spotted a, an object and asked us to go and investigate. And that was the, uh, the surviving casualty. We then continued them for the rest of the evening into late morning. And then, um, as it started getting light and the tide had dropped off, the only way I can describe it, it looked like a plane crash. We then seen bodies all over the all over the sands, uh, and then it became a recovery po- process. Uh, so it was very very upsetting. Most of the crew then. I was twenty at the time. How long you
4: been on the lifeboat?
0: I'd been on the lifeboat crew for about three years. Joined quite young, seventeen, and I was twenty at the time. So uh, So just experience for a twenty-year-old lad to see. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I didn't have a lot of life skills when I was twenty. You know, you just just finishing school and you get your first job, and you know, it was very challenging. And that's why I joined the lifeboats to give me those opportunities. Um, And I do a lot of fishing, and that's why I enjoyed it.
4: Yeah. Events like tonight and 20 years on, I mean, it must bring you back to you. I mean, is it, is it something that you, you do come to terms with? Because it was such a horrendous thing. How, how, how do you cope with what happened?
0: Um, it's sort of, um, with time, everything heals. Uh, and that's what's happened here, you know, time's allowed it things to heal. Yeah. But it's good that we respect and mark the 20-year anniversary. Um, and let's hope it never happens again in the future. You and the crew, I mean, it must have bonded you as well as an organisation. I'm sure when it came to donations, did it help? Did it, did you
4: see a bit of a spike in people taking an active interest in, in the lifeboat, either as volunteers or, or supporters?
0: And we did get a lot of new applicants trying to join at that time, but, you know, the RNLI um, have vigorous recruiting and we didn't want people joining for the wrong reasons. Uh, but actually, as a crew, it brought us really tight together. Uh, 20 years ago, counselling things like that were frowned upon, where now it's an open service and the RNLI do some phenomenal work to make. sure the crews are safe Um, but back then you know you just didn't really want to open up so the only way you did it was with your colleagues around you those who had experienced exactly what you had experienced uh, and we managed to get through it together. A lot of people certainly my children they they weren't born 20 years ago and there's one picture that I always show them is where I've got my hand around the only life surviving casualty. Um, from the police helicopter, it's all over the media, that picture. Um, So it's a proud moment and the kids can then, you know, be proud really of the father.
1: We hold stillness together, standing against what this disaster shed light onto. Those invisible faces of those trapped in modern slavery. We stand here in sorrow and in anger that this still goes on today, and we hold stillness in protest, this should not be. My name is Reverend Chris Kraviats I'm the Rector of Morecambe Parish Church in Morecambe. I think it's really important, especially after such a long time, 20 years is a long time to still be remembering but it's so, so appropriate that we do and 20 years on we're not only are we remembering with great sadness, but we're also I think probably with a little bit of anger standing in vigil against the scourge of modern slavery which still goes on today. 20 years later it entered the, the public psyche in a big way because of this event and we're still having these conversations you know, um, and so that's not good enough and so we want to stand up and and say say so really the diocese I belong to Blackburn Diocese is is partnered with the Kluwer Institute uh, and of course they're part of the Pan Lancashire anti-slavery task group uh, across Lancashire which which has other multidisciplinary sort of people part of it Uh, but it's it's uh, really a big part of Lancashire it happens a lot here as it does in all sorts of places across the UK Um, and so it 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 it's carries on today and we, we really don't want that we want to stand you know stand in opposition to it
4: it must be heartbreaking though given that what happened 20 years ago and the legislation that followed that that as you what you've just said is, is still a fact that it still happens it still goes on despite that legislation despite the public outcry that, that there was so how do you feel that you know you're still having to take a stand and that you know do you think things will change then through your campaigning and the, and the campaign of the partnership you mentioned before
1: you know I think it's not straightforward um, because I think really the key issue is the dehumanizing of other people I really think that modern slavery and some of the conversations we're having about immigration at the moment as a nation are really shining a light that there are some people who remain unseen and we're okay with that well we're not okay with that people are people they are human beings and as soon as we start seeing people other people as human beings things will change but we often need to be reminded we get very dug into ourselves and so it's really important uh, 20 years on uh, and and probably into the future, to keep reminding people that, that as soon as you dehumanise folk, uh, they, they, they become less in some way, and things like this will go on, uh, not just modern slavery, but treating others as, as second class or as though they don't matter. And, uh, and thankfully, um, uh, I'm part of an organisation, the church, that really wants to stand up and say, no. People are people, they're human beings, uh, and they are of worth and note, and we should take notice.
4: I remember at the time, so going back 20 years, that people in Morecambe, I'm from Morecambe, you know, people I grew up and went to school with didn't even know there was a Chinese community living, you know, within the west end of Morecambe, you know. So even that it was a, a bit of a shock. So do you think that even as we're talking now today, in 2024, there are people in a place like Morecambe? like you say being ignored and, and, and the undercurrent if you like or the, or the kind of unseen as you mentioned you know, which is still happening today.
1: Absolutely this is not a new problem and it's not going away uh, uh, you know very easily because it is those things behind closed doors, it's those people who are in groups in secret uh, in rooms uh, all piled up together without others knowing about it it's that, it, again it's that dehumanising and, uh, and pushing people to the back and not noticing and so our role actually uh, as Christians or as people is to notice those people who go unnoticed is to spot and to say hang on is that right what do I think about that Uh, and and that that's really the beginning of the change I think.
4: And the campaign itself I imagine politicians will have to be involved as well you get people listening to you the campaign itself is underway are you getting a a sense that the government and others are taking you seriously?
1: Um, I really think the government um uh, 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 uh um that's a really good question <laughs> i think i think the latest news from the government uh, is quite troubling so patel uh, and um uh, the, the, no, announcing that uh, the church is actually responsible for, uh, for some people emigrated immigrate, uh, to this country and uh, we're somehow easily letting them become Christians. Those comments in the news are just abhorrent to me. I mean, I remember David Cameron and the big, the big society debate and the church really stepped up uh, to try and fill the gap that was that local government and government left because of this big society move and now we're being thrown under the bus for stepping in and seeing the unseen humanizing the dehumanized uh, and frankly i think it's an absolute uh, farce that the church should be made a scapegoat for a, for a, for a, for, a, for something immigration which is absolutely nothing to do with the church all we're in the business of is humanizing those people who should be you know People are people uh, and recognizing Jesus in them and inviting them to be part of that. And that's really all it is. Um, Who they let in and don't let in, that's a government issue.
4: I suppose the fact that you're here today as well, talking so, so obviously so such passion and conviction, the fact that the media are here to report what you're saying as well, this this event today, obviously a very sober event. Do you think it'll help perhaps raise this issue again? People perhaps see this as as closure in some way to what happened twenty years ago, but in a way, it's not closure. If anything, it's kind of
1: a reminder that things are still going on. Absolutely, I think. Um, 20 years, as I said, is a long time to remember something, and yet it's just as important now as it was then, not only for those names and that horrible, tragic way that it happened, um, but also because it just goes on. It goes on. And actually, we've had enough. I think we really want to say this needs to change. What's happening? What's changing? Um, and we need, we need really to hold people to account. You know, the government and uh, what is happening? What are we doing? Um, could more be done? Um, you know, and we take responsibility too for that You know, it's time for us if to open our eyes
4: part of it, it's, yeah, part of the exactly.
1: it's time for us to open our eyes it's time for us to notice the unnoticed it's time for us to recognise where we dehumanise others um, of course it is but there is a bigger conversation still to have and so this door is very much not closed this should not be we call to you with hearts in pain for all in our world who suffer the horrors of modern slavery for all who dream of a better life in another place only to be trapped tricked and traded for all those who labor forced and unseen to make our everyday possessions for all who agonize for loved ones lost into this trade in human beings your Son came to bring good news to the poor and freedom for the oppressed. May we too be voices against oppression, channels of good news. May our eyes be opened wide to all who suffer in our midst, but out of sight. All this we pray to you, loving God, for whom no one is invisible. Amen.
0: Thanks for downloading this edition of the Morecambe Bay podcast. Follow us and get in touch. Search Morecambe Bay podcast on social media.